Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I hope you are well. And as you know, in this program, we like to talk about the intersection of our Catholic faith and uh, our geography, our North Texas. And there's so many great stories to tell. And it's such a, a pleasure to have people in studio talking about their life, talking about books they've written, their practice, their ministry, their apostolate. And in this case, uh, this is a returning guest. Uh, uh, she told me that this is actually the fourth time that I've interviewed her on various topics. This time is on a book. The guest is Dr. Christina Della Nebbia. And uh, she is a, a doctor, and she also has helped out with Rachel's Vineyard, and we've done, as I mentioned, several interviews. Let me give you her bio and then tell you about the book she's written, and I think this is going to be of great interest to you, because uh, all of us are, in some way or another, looking for healing, and we all... I want to reach out to God for healing sometimes uh, for big matters and small. And uh, her book, well, I'll go ahead and tell you. It's called Three in One from Darkness to Light. And uh, Christina Della Nebbia grew up in Iowa in a loving Christian home. She is a convert to the Catholic faith about 23 years ago from the Methodist Church. Uh, she's a licensed a psychologist and works in private practice now. And after witnessing the miracle healings of herself, her daughter, and her friend Leah, uh, she wrote this book. Uh, she is married to Jaime, and they live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and they do all kinds of fun stuff together, like play tennis and travel and work out and cook. And Jaime is actually in studio with us, uh, praying for us and uh, giving us moral and spiritual support. So we appreciate him being here as well. So uh, Dr. Christina Della Nebbia, welcome back. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's great to be here, Dave. And it's so neat that we keep talking about different topics. Thanks for your work with Rachel's Vineyard and incorporating your, uh, your, your, your work as a doctor with your faith. And, uh, there's a possibility that our family may be personally blessed by what you do. And so, uh, it, it's so great. Tell us, uh, I want to read the, the paragraph in the back of the book because I think this is a good lead in to why you wrote this book and what it's all about. Uh, it says, Jesus said, step into my healing waters. Three women, two with cancer and one with a severe brain injury, step into the deep healing waters of love, forgiveness, and healing of body and spirit. They come up out of the water changed. They now walk in a new life, which is with the Lord Jesus. Come walk into the healing waters. Jesus is calling you. That's really beautiful. So with that as our you know launching point, tell us uh, what inspired you to write this book. Oh, definitely. So I'm, I'm just so, so pleased that God chose me to write this book. And it's, it was, um, an accumulation of experiences over several years. And it started with my, my battle with, um, being diagnosed with late stage colon cancer and all the trials and tribulations that went through that. And, uh, just, turning to God and changing my lifestyle um, and being able to grow spiritually from that experience. And then I did have what I believe is a miracle healing from God, although I did turn to physicians as well, but they had a very grim prognosis for me. Um, I had, of course, that staging is sometimes controversial in cancer, but they... I Googled and looked and I had between a 20 to 25% chance of living five years or more, which is a very grim statistic to me, but it, I helped, um, myself through turning to God and understanding that he's a God of miracles and a God of love and that everything is possible with mm -hmm. him. And I ended up in, um, 
uh, much to my reluctance, <laughs> a charismatic uh, prayer group um, because I wanted to just enhance my prayer life after I had gone through surgery of removal of half my colon and six uh, months of horrific chemotherapy and a lot of suffering. Um, but that changed my lifestyle because I was actually trying to mitigate my pain from a divorce through, um, dating a lot of men and trying to just soothe myself that way. And God kind of hit me over the head with a two by four and said, you know, my daughter, I don't want you doing that kind of lifestyle. I want you to turn to me. And I didn't have a man in my life at that time. So I just had God mm-hmm. and we got really close yeah. and I changed in some very, very, amazing ways through him. And when I went to this um, prayer group, um, they actually prayed over me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was able to receive the gifts of wisdom and knowledge. And then later the gift of healing, which is when you say the gift of healing, it's actually Jesus Christ working through you. And so at that time, I did not tell the folks in that prayer group that I had cancer. So they didn't know that because I thought that was a real personal journey that I didn't really want to share. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to have a place to pray and to, you know, collaborate with other Christians. And when they prayed over me, um, I, I felt this tingling that went through my body. It was just this amazing tingling. And I was feeling very emotional and I was full of tears, but they were happy tears because I was feeling immensely love, just immense love. It's hard to describe in words. It's just beyond description. And I also felt my body becoming very hot, like very, very hot. And I'm a very cold-natured person, so that was very unusual for me. Mm -hmm. And my ears were even hot, and I was exclaiming to them, I feel so hot. And they said, that's that's good. That's the healing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You just need to soak that in. And then the woman, the main woman that was praying over me, because it's a group of women that were praying over me, said that you have the gifts of wisdom and knowledge, and you were healed from cancer, and it's never coming back. And so I was completely aghast at that because I hadn't told them I had cancer. Mm. So to be told that was, you know, very overwhelming, and I was just full of tears and happiness and joy. And through that that um charismatic prayer group we we um it still exists um in a, a north catholic church um we have um prayer after mass um to heal people that ask for it um and of course it's not us healing them it's jesus christ healing mm-hmm. them through the holy spirit and so i learned a lot about prayer intercessory prayer and then being able to use all of the things that i learned and grew through the lord um in applying some of those aspects to my practice as a psychologist so yeah. even though i don't specialize in treating christians i just pray for god to send me whoever needs to come to my practice and he heals anybody that comes because I pray for them. If they're an atheist, I pray in my mind. If they're not, sometimes God brings up circumstances or, or discussions that lead us to talking about God. And so I feel like he's using me and I just, you know, have consecrated uh, my practice to the sacred heart of Jesus. And he really guides everything that I do. And it's to him that I give all the glory because honestly speaking, Dave, since I have done that, more people are getting healed and are getting better um, at faster rates. I've been in this field for 30 years. And since I've changed the way I approach that and have incorporated God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit into my practice, it's been an amazing positive change. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) He's the best Uh, physician out there. So that's right. (laughs) Better than me. I take my direction from him. Divine physician. (laughs) Uh, I I know you told me before we started, the three in one refers to three different uh, miracles. And I know one of them is your daughter. And then another one, interestingly, comes full circle because it was the 
uh, the lady who prayed for you, exactly. Leah. But I'm curious, before we move on to the other uh, two stories, um, when you went back to your doctor and had, were tested again, was it one of those amazing, like, there's no explanation for this, I don't know what happened to you, because you, you said you only had, what, about 25% chance of living for five years. Right. Uh, so, well, how, how, how was it handled from a, the medical standpoint? Well, actually, there is medical evidence that my cancer completely disappeared, and um, it, was in, it was in a late stage, it had broken through my colon, I saw a picture of it, it was about the size of, um, a little bit smaller than a baseball, so it was pretty big, and... Um, it um, had progressed into my lymph nodes and was throughout my body. And they told me, basically, when I asked for a statistic or, you know, they just, the, the oncologist was very cold and kind of distant, but very professional and said, mm-hmm. just, you know, um, prepare for the worst, but, you know, hope for the best, basically. Yeah. And so uh, when she did that first scan um, after that prayer, um, it was clean. And yeah. she was expecting it to progress to my liver. And so she did scans about, every couple months or so and they kept were clean 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 and she was you know amazed and i noticed that her demeanor towards me started getting warmer and closer <laughs> because i think she thought i was going to die and she yeah. didn't want to get too close right right and so that was kind of an amazing thing for me to have that medical evidence that yes indeed my cancer is gone i have been cancer free for seven and a half years mm. i'm in great health i i feel amazing (laughs) and I know that medical um, intervention was a part of my healing but I feel that the ultimate healing was 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 through Jesus Christ God and the Holy Spirit so I attribute my healing to that and I do have the medical evidence with my clean scans that I've had and clean colonoscopies and so on Mm -hmm. Um, even though I just have half of a a colon but (laughs) it's still still working okay better than none right right all right let's uh let's go into healing number two of the three uh, so we can get all of these in. And this one hits very close to home as well because this is your daughter, right? Right. And this is a, is, is a little bit more emotional for me than, than my own healing. Um, they, she, my daughter and her, her new boyfriend, who she's married to now, um, um, he was a biker. Like He liked to cycle a lot. And so she was just new into the cycling um, field and learning how to do that. And they had been working a little bit late in my office, helping me. And they were, it was kind of close to, to dusk and they, and he said to hurry up and they, they were going down a 45 degree hill in the country. And, um, she got a little bit too fast and lost her, um, footing. She had a helmet on, but she catapulted over the top of the bike. And then her face down, she went bang, 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 bang down oh along her face and her entire body. And, um, when uh, I got the call that no mother wants to get, um, her uh, boyfriend at the time told me that she had had an accident and it was very bad and that the ambulance was coming. And I heard the ambulance in the um, background of the phone call and I asked what hospital they were going to. And so I went rushed there right away. And so when I got there, the ambulance was just arriving and I told the, the medics and, and the, uh, that I was a neuropsychologist and I understood about brain injuries and I wanted to know honestly what her condition was and not to get too technical for people that are mm-hmm. listening. Uh, she basically had a, a, a Glasgow Coma Scale of 6, which means pretty much, you know, when you're zero, you're dead. And so she was, according to them, um, 
unres- they didn't say dead, but they said unresponsive to touch and wasn't talking or moving and um, wasn't breathing. They had to intubate her. She became combative and that, you know, she was at risk um, for um, not making it. And they basically told me they didn't expect her to live through the night. Um, and Glasgow Coma Scale of 6, um, 60% die. And the rest of the individuals that do make it through the night are in, within 24 hours are, are in a vegetative state, which mm. they have no meaningful um correspondences in terms of you know vocalizations or speech or activities and they're usually bedridden so so not a good prognosis it was not a good prognosis at all and of course i was very devastated but at the same time i took the hand of her boyfriend and he was an atheist and i didn't care because i used i god was speaking to me with great conviction i told i took his hand and we went into the chapel and i said we are going to get down on our knees and we are going <laughs> to beg god to save her life yeah yeah and we did just that and i felt very um close to god and i felt like like i really could feel his presence but of course as a mother i was also worried and so um, I asked to see her, but they said that they were saving her life and I wasn't allowed to go in there um, into the emergency room where they where it was a trauma team that was working on her. And um, I knew that I needed to call for backup, so I did call my friend Leah Bickle and her husband. And we prayed in the chapel together and then eventually they were able to allow us to go into the emergency room several hours later. And um, she was in a pretty sorry state. As I said, her face was completely... Um, uh, there was no skin on her face or mm. her, her arms or legs. Unrecognizable? Or? Unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, her eye, left eye was swollen shut. She had, she was intubated. She's on a respirator. There was blood coming out of her eyes and her ears and her nose. And um, so she's a pretty sorry state. Um, I had blessed oil that I wanted to pray over her with when, when Leah and um, Nick and, and her boyfriend were there and there was no place that I could actually, you know, put it on her face. There was actually, so I put it on her head and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed for a total and complete healing, total and complete healing, um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, in every single way. And I did that with great conviction because I knew that God was a God of healing because he had healed me. Mm-hmm. But of course, as a mother, you know, you see your child there and sometimes as a parent, you know, you're a parent, yeah. you want to change places with them. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to suffer and you see that. And to me, I was just feeling, I wanted to accept God as a healer, but I was so devastated with the condition and the situation. It was really hard, really hard for me to trust, yeah. but I kept praying for that. And we went back into the chapel um, and Leah was praying and praying and she said that she felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to her heart and said that she was going to be okay, mm. but it was going to be a long journey of healing. Yeah. And so that made me feel better. But at the same time, I still had my doubts because I knew as a psychologist her condition and the prognosis. So, um, wow, this uh, Leah is a real anointed woman, isn't oh, she? Boy, definitely, boy. definitely. She's very spirit filled and she's my um, 
best friend and just, you know, turns to me and I turn to her and we help each other. And God is always in the middle of that. And so um, to make a long story short, she went up into the the ICU and the doctors were telling me that she had a very poor prognosis and not to get my hopes up and that they hoped that she would make it through the night. And I didn't leave her side. And of course, um, through the night, um, she started to respond. Um, the vital signs started improving. Um, and actually, I think it was sometime in the second or third day, she was taken off the respirator and they were whispering, the nurses and doctors, and they were saying, we can't believe this. This is like, this is amazing. This is like, she's really young and strong. And, mm. and just this, like, we just are, we, we don't have any explanation for this. Yeah. I said, you don't have any explanation, but I do. And I, pu- I pulled the cross around my neck and I said, it's because of him. And the doctor just shrugged their shoulders and said, Okay. <laughs> but I knew at that point that, that she was going to live, and I wasn't really sure her outcome, but I knew she was going to make it yeah. at that point. She's eventually discharged. Um, she had to learn how to walk and talk and eat. All the bones in her face were broken, and so she lost 30 to 40 pounds. Um, her entire journey for healing did take a while. She ended up going into cognitive rehab um, and um, had extensive treatment. She worked with a neurologist at UT Southwestern. And um, I, you know, I'm a neuropsychologist. And so my um, supervisor, who had um, supervised me through my internship and postdoc fellowship, um, agreed to have one of his colleagues test her. And she was in graduate school at the time, working on her master's in psychology. And the neuropsychologist that tested her said that she should absolutely not return to college, that she did not have the cognitive skills or the ability to manage that type of rigor. And so, you know, that was kind of sad to think about. But again, I didn't give up hope and I continued mm-hmm. to pray for her healing. I turned to my prayer group and again, several people from my prayer group actually, I think it was about three or four people actually reached out and said that God spoke to them and said to come and pray over her. And of course, mm. I prayed over her several times a day <laughs> and just asked for a total, complete healing. Um, after a whole journey of healing and and that kind of thing for about two years, she um, was able to return to graduate school actually after six months, which is a miracle in and of itself. And she did end up getting her master's degree, but realized that her cognitive processes weren't what they were before. And so she did go through that, that the rehab, um, day rehab um, with neuropsychologists, speech therapists, and occupational therapists, and the whole nine yards, learning how to drive again, learning how to to read and study and write and all those kind of things. And so to make a long story short, um, she took her GRE um, about a year ago and um, scored in the 90th percentile nationally. Oh, really? And she is now um, entering a doctoral program in psychology and wanting to work with children. And she wants to specialize in neuropsychology. <laughs> so I think it's a... Just it, like da- mom, huh? Da- yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think her accident really influenced her too. Yeah. And um, one of the things that was kind of remarkable too is... Um, she had no eyebrow because when they brushed her eye, uh, they were trying to stop the bleeding, her entire eyebrow came out. And she asked yeah. me for prayer. And she said, Mom, because she had scars all over her face, 
all over her face. And she said, Mom, I just want my eyebrow to come back and I want mm-hmm. my face to be pretty again. I said, well, we all pray for that. And as soon as we started praying for that, her eyebrow started to grow back. Oh, really? Her face has absolutely no scars. You cannot even see one little scar. Really? Yes. So her face looks, I guess for lack of a better word, normal? Completely uh, normal. Really? Completely. I, I was going to ask you if she was even still recognizable. Oh, but, uh, oh there's no scars. Uh, really? She has a few little came uh, brown spots on her knees. Yeah. But other than that, um, it's a total miracle that that her, she was restored physically, yeah. mentally, spiritually. Um, she, there was a time when she was there. She said, um, and this was when she was kind of not remembering things. And she said to me when I was praying over her, she goes, Mom, I was kicked out of heaven. And I said, what? Because that really sparked my interest. And she said, yeah, I, I was at the gates of heaven. I saw a lot of people. Some of them I knew and some of them I didn't. And they said, you can't come in. But I wanted to. But they said I had to go back because there were so many people praying for me. So I I came back, and here I am. So she had a near death experience. Uh, death. Oh wow! Yeah. Is that a highlight in the book also? Yes, it's talked about. Okay, but. Um, for whatever reason, God kind of removed that from her memory. Um, she doesn't really recall much of that. Of course, there is a lot of memory deficits around the accident, which is not uncommon yeah. for people with traumatic brain injuries. And so she doesn't remember that, but it did happen. Her boyfriend was there and heard the testimony of her saying that as well. So I do believe it did happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, also, there is no... Um, there, there are actual documented evidence of her brain having no um, cerebral bleeding. There's no, you know, scars on her her brain in any way, shape, or form. There's really nothing physical that is left there. Yeah. You know, she still has some emotional issues that she's dealt with because it was a traumatic event for her, mm-hmm. not just physically but emotionally. What you kind know? of impact did it have on her boyfriend uh, from a spiritual standpoint? Because oh, you, you, okay. you said he was an atheist. So he uh, is an atheist and he and I got down on his knees and he was praying to God and, and was so grateful definitely that she was saved and believed that God did save her. And he dropped out of school and and quit his job and was her nurse because she needed 24-hour care. And yeah. I had to go back to work, obviously, to support the family and pay for the medical bills and so on. And so he uh, was with her, took her to the bathroom, fed her, spoon-fed wow. her, um, was with her. And I, I feel like he, it was like the love of Christ. He gave yeah. up everything for her and her needs. He drove her to rehab, which was in Las Colinas (laughs) from Corinth, Um, you know, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, and then picking her up and back and put his life on hold to help her with her healing journey Mm. through the, you know, the medical uh, field. And so I feel like um, obviously they bonded quite a bit um, because they are now married and um, <laughs> <laughs> they actually work for me in my practice they're billers so oh is that um, right they both work for you yeah and then okay. my daughter's also a, a registered behavior therapist and works with children on the autism spectrum too so she has some you know obviously some clinical skills because she has a master's yeah. in, in yeah. counseling and in psychology too so yeah their their relationship definitely grew together and i remember a kind of a funny story that um they were out on the patio and and he was bit by some kind of a well he looked it up and it was a fuzzy spider that was very poisonous uh-huh. and he didn't want to go to the hospital and and my daughter says mom come in here and do that that, that <laughs> prayer stuff you do that prayer stuff you Call do Leah. and yeah, so yeah. And no I mean yeah, I just yeah. started praying for that poison to stop um, yeah. going up because he was starting to go from his leg up to his groin and right. um, it stopped and he was better and I found out it was a you know deathly could it could have been leading to death and so um, he kind wow. of had a healing too. So, 
I definitely, um, I feel like it did impact their faith as well. Yeah. Um, she's a little bit more quiet about things and, and is a little bit different. I'm a little bit more outgoing about my faith and m- more about that. I did disguise her name because she wanted confidentiality. I have to honor that. Yeah. But she was allowed, she did allow me to put her story in there, which I think is very impactful. And it definitely changed me in a lot of ways because I realized that even when you ask God for an eyebrow, you know, and <laughs> he's willing to right. give you what, what you ask if you do it with faith and complete and total trust yeah. in him. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because I think a lot of us, uh, myself included, we just don't ask enough. We 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 kind of believe, you know, intellectually, but then we don't necessarily believe really in the heart. We think like, you know, to just really pour out our request to God and right. just say, God, I need I need this. And I think sometimes it's a last resort, you know. Right. Uh, and I think one of the things that I want to mention too is that sometimes people, when they pray, they are not healed, and there could be several reasons for that. If we have any blockages to in our own heart, like if we have anger or unforgiveness towards someone, sometimes that blocks. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God reaching us and healing us that way. So sometimes we have to go to confession or we have to ask God for forgiveness or to heal our hearts and to let go of that. Sometimes we have you know, issues with not trusting God for whatever reason. So you have to be in the right seat of mind to really and totally trust that healing is a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I also want to speak to this because in the book I talk about suffering because sometimes you ask for God to heal you and he doesn't heal you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean necessarily that he's not listening to our prayers or he's not answering them, but he's answering them in a perfect way. Because sometimes through our suffering, we learn spiritual lessons from Mm -hmm. him that help us grow and understand. And my belief is that as as a Christian, um, if somebody dies, it's not a bad outcome for them. They're in paradise with Jesus. And this is our... Earth is just our temporary home. Right, right. It's not where we belong. We are here like at a university learning lessons. Yeah. And if God puts us through suffering and we accept that suffering and do it right and give it up to him and say, God, I know you're here with me. This is a dark time for me, but I trust you. Because yeah. believe me, I was suffering quite a bit through my chemotherapy. I was so sick I couldn't even eat a saltine cracker. <laughs> I was so sick. And I, I had, you know a lot of um, physical disabilities that really impaired me, but I always kept my faith. And I knew that that suffering was something I had to go through because God had to speak to me into my heart and tell me, my daughter, you're not on the right track. I need you and I need you for great and wonderful things. And I got on my knees and I remember I said, God, if you save me from cancer, I promise that I will turn my life over to you completely because I want to be there for my three children and I think you have something in mind for me. I'm not sure what it is, but I promise I'll do it. <laughs> and so I am doing it. Yeah, yeah. Writing this book was part of it, was part of it. And this is all God's plan. And I just have to, you know, listen to him and trust in him. But suffering, I think I need people to understand that suffering is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that God is not listening. Mm-hmm. He answers every prayer perfectly and nothing happens it does not pass through God first. Yeah, yeah. And he allows suffering to happen to our loved ones or us for a reason. And we just have to trust God that the reasons are something that will glorify him at the end. So praise needs to always be on our lips at all times. One of the things that I did in the book, uh, or that we did in the book, is we incorporated scripture into 
different parts of the book that reflected um, the journeys that we went through. So this is all connected to scripture. So trusting in God and turning to him and understanding about his healing powers and so on are all incorporated. And I like it because I feel like, you know, scripture is the word of God and it's the way that he speaks to us. And I think it helps bring to um a connection with God when I connected the story with the scripture too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. that's that's part of the book as well. So we just need to really trust God no matter what our circumstances are, even if they're dark. Um, in the back of the book, I talked a little bit some of the struggles that I had been going through at the time I was writing the book. For example, my 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 children's grandfather died of COVID in Italy, um, and that was a very sad event. Of course, I, I prayed for his healing, but I knew in my heart that he wasn't going to make it, and he didn't, but I know he's with Jesus in heaven. And um, my son got COVID, but he was able to recover. Um, also, my aunt died of breast cancer, but I knew that she was also in heaven too. And so, you know, even though these things happened to me and there was suffering and there was death and they didn't live, that's not necessarily something that we consider a bad outcome because Mm -hmm. God knows better than us. He has infinite scope of seeing what was and is and is to come. And when we trust in him totally, that what he brings to us in our life circumstances are according to his plan. If we just pray, God, let me do your will today. I, whatever it is, whatever you bring to me, let me do your will. Yeah. And if we really truly submit to that, any suffering that we incur or our family incurs, we can see God coming out yeah. and good coming from that and lessons learned and so on. Yeah. And so yeah. I just don't want people to think that, you know, I prayed for a healing and it didn't happen. God doesn't love me. That's just not true. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that he loves us all that suffering is not because he doesn't like us. It's because for some reason, that's something we need to go through to learn more about him yeah. and his love. Yeah, very nice. Well, we have uh, th- this, uh, I realized uh, about 10 minutes ago, there's no way we're going to be able to put this interview into uh, 20 or 25 minutes. So we're extending it because it's just so interesting. And uh, we're, we're not, well, we still have one more healing to talk about right. in this book. So uh, well, we got, no, 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 we got a little bit more time. I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, this is just too good to, to try to squeeze into a, a short interview. So we're going to go a little bit long on this one. Uh, the book is called three in one from darkness to light. Uh, Christina Della Nebbia is uh, the, the author along with Leah Bickle. And, uh, Leah has played a big part in both of these miracles so far. And now, uh, interestingly, chronologically, she's going to be on the receiving end of some right. healing, right? So, right. uh, tell us, and I'm looking at her picture on the, in the back of the book. Uh, and she also is a convert to the Catholic Church. Right. Uh, right. which, uh, back, um, I think before you, back in the seventies. But tell right. us, uh, you said she's a, a very good friend, but your best friend. And, right. uh, uh, what, 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 uh, what were the circumstances around well, we, her we met circumstances? In the- in the, in the um, prayer group that I mentioned, yeah. this is where we first met, and she kind of took me under her wing and um, really kind of mentored me and helped me understand my spiritual gifts and helped me along my journey, uh, faith journey and that kind of thing. And so we became very close, of course, during the, the process of, of being together um, in church and, and so on. And then um, 
she, um, you know, obviously prayed over me and my daughter, and that was a very special thing. And we worked together um, praying for others after Mass. So we do do a lot of prayer together. But she, her husband retired as an engineer, and they moved to Mississippi, where she's originally from. And then uh, that was about four years ago, and just about a little bit less than a year, uh, we have kind of a, a chat line of we call our sisters in Christ, um, special women in that prayer group that we all mm. pray for each other on a daily basis. And we, so she let us all know that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And so that was very devastating for her and obviously something she didn't expect. And so she asked for prayer from everybody and to do listening sessions to ask for God to speak to them. And then of course, write it down and see what God said. And she asked me to pray for her over the phone, which I did. And um, then she asked me to sit down and she said, ask God and just pray to God and ask him to give you the words. And so what he kind of, what he, what I wrote down and what I got from him was that he had her in the palm of his hand and that it was something, a suffering that she had to go through and that she would be refined through the fire, which is scriptural also mm, yeah. like gold, you know, it's, it's refined in fire, but comes out a beautiful and shining, you know, and um, that she would come out better and that the evil one did not like her because she was so faithful, but that he had it and that wasn't going to happen. And that his hand and love can heal and she needed prayers. And then he said, my hand can heal and my hand and love will heal her. Mm. So I sent that to her, and and um, so she was very touched by that, and went through the medical process, and they, you know, diagnosed her breast cancer, and then one one evening she um, felt that God told her to put her hand over her left breast, which is her affected breast, and she put it over there, and it got hot as an iron. And she just was praying and, and did what he asked her to do. And the next day they went in to, to do the lumpectomy and to do whatever they needed to do. And they couldn't find the cancer. Mm. They couldn't <laughs> find it. <laughs> and so, uh, to make a long story short, um, it was a teeny weeny little dot. So it had shrunk to just a, just this tiny little dot. And they removed it. They couldn't find it because it was so small and obviously shrunk quite a bit. I don't know if God did that. I'm assuming he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And um, so they didn't really know what to do with her. Uh, She had to go in front of the tumor board because they didn't know like, well, gosh, we saw this big cancer in her neck. Now it was just a little dot and now it's gone. And what do we do with her? Mm -hmm. So they said, we're not going to push you through chemo. You don't need that. We're just going to have you do three days of radiation. And that was it. And she's totally completely healed. And so again, we, we attribute her healing to Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit again also. And um, um, of course she had medical intervention as well. And, and we don't want to discount that because mm-hmm. God uses medical personnel to help us heal as well. Yeah. But definitely there was some prayer and I think um, some divine intervention going on with her healing because it was so sudden yeah. and it, it, it was so tiny that they could barely find it. And uh, it's totally removed and she's completely and totally healthy and mm-hmm. all her scans are clean. And it's been about two or three years now and she's been cancer free and is 
is just doing great. Oh, wow. Just Praise God. Great. Yeah. Uh, so these three stories are told in the, the book Three in One, From Darkness to Light. Uh, Leah Bickle and Christina Della Nebbia are the authors, and we'll give you information on how you can get your hands on it. Uh, but I'm, I'm just curious, because there's people listening right now, and maybe they have a loved one who is sick or has gotten a horrible diagnosis or... And, uh, you know, they, they want to have that faith. And like you said, you've got to remove obstacles like mm-hmm. the anger or right. perhaps even, you know, more unconfessed mortal sin or, right. and, and then, you, you know, in, in several or perhaps, perhaps all three of the stories, you had the certainty, you know, you are going to be healed. Right. How, how does one, cause you don't want to be presumptuous, right? You don't right. want to, you know, you know, say, God, you're, you're going to heal this person, but you obviously had, a sense of clarity about this to be able to pronounce that. So how, how does one know that they can tell somebody because you don't want to be wrong, you know, because right. like you well, said, at the same time, some people will have to suffer. But how, how, do, how does one have the certainty that, that they can say that and proclaim that? Well, um, in terms of myself, praying for myself and my daughter and then praying for Leah, I always ask, what does the person want? And I ask, what do you want from Jesus? And when they say, I want to be totally and completely healed, I pray for that in earnest. And if God answers it in a different way, we accept that. But I always pray for what is on their heart. And um, you do have to pray with certainty and with faith. Yeah. And sometimes we understand that he may provide different information through prayer subsequent to asking for that, that may be, well, we're not going to heal but this is going to happen and that's okay because I think that you you have to ask what's on your heart because he wants to know what's on your heart and he yeah. already knows that before you even ask. But you do have to have that faith that he's a God of love and a God of healing and he wants to do that for us. And we have to believe because mm-hmm. if you don't believe and if you have doubts, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You have to have that faith. Like the woman you know, in the Bible that wanted to be healed from her hemorrhages and she was so afraid to approach Jesus because mm-hmm. she was tainted as a Jew. Yeah. And she reached for his cloak and he said, you know, woman, your faith has saved you. You are healed. Yeah. Because she knew and had that faith and knew without a shadow of a doubt, if she just touched the cloak of Jesus, she would be healed. Yeah. You have to have that kind of certainty and that faith to believe that it's possible. Yeah. And yeah. it will happen. Yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, so the book, it's a nice size. It looks like it could be read over a weekend. Um, if somebody wants to pick it up. It, did you self-publish? or Yes, we self-published and, through Zulon Press, which is a Christian publishing company. Okay. And this book is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, so you just... Google it on, it's actually the release date is today. So, oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. As of so, this uh, recording, and, yes. And it's also available on audiobooks. So you can do that. Um, if you have anybody, I have 150 books to give away. So I'm going to actually leave five books with you. Oh, okay. You can can we, anybody. can we have people email and, yes, and okay. So, so, yeah, this is a surprise to me. Let's just say the, the first, uh, okay, you gave me four. Uh-huh. Is, can I have one more or do you, do you, do you, yeah. do you, do you, do you, here you go. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Your own copy. Are you going to be able to sign them? Yeah, uh, sure, okay. sure. So we'll, we'll have, uh, have, have you sign them. And then let's just say that I wasn't planning on this. Uh, first five people to email me right now as of this airing. Uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. You can either come to the studio and pick it up or I can mail it to you. 
All right, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. What always happens is, you know, this is going to run, this is, this is recorded, it's going to run on a Saturday afternoon, and so I'll be going about my Saturday afternoon duties, and all of a sudden my phone will blow up, and I'll say, <laughs> oh yeah, that, I, I'm running that interview. <laughs> so, right. all right, uh, first five, uh, it, what, what, what a great uh, book, and um, uh, gosh, you have been so blessed. I, I do, in the, in, we don't have much time, just a few minutes remaining. Uh, tell us about the circumstances around your conversion. Why did, why did you convert to the Catholic Church? Oh, that's an amazing story. I'll try to be really succinct. Um, I was married to a man who was Catholic and he was from Italy. And we decided after, you know, Methodist, Catholic, Methodist, Catholic, to, to, to baptize our children in the Catholic faith. And so I wasn't Catholic. And I called the nun at the church um, and she said, oh my, he's eight years old. He's going to have to go through classes. And by the way, one of the requirements is that a parent must attend. So I said, oh man, I want to get him just baptized and get it taken care of and all wrapped up. But God had different plans. Yeah. And so I went through that um, CCD class with my son and every single session that I went to, I gave, I was praying for, for, for God to bring me to a place where I wanted to be. And every single week that I went through, I was closer and closer and closer to the Catholic faith. Mm. And I can tell you that God wants me in the Catholic faith. This is where I feel the closest to him. This is where I feel like I can do the most good. Yeah. And so it was an amazing conversion for me. And I feel so special and so blessed to be part of the Catholic faith. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. I was a single for 10 years and I prayed for a strong Catholic man to come into my life. And he did send me my beloved, mm-hmm. Jaime Arevalo. And um, we worship together. And it's so nice to have someone of a similar faith uh, where we can work together and do ministries together and to worship God together and to go to adoration together. And so I can just tell you that, that God wanted me in the Catholic faith, even though I was raised Methodist. He, 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 he got me where I needed to be. And my family doesn't really understand it all, but they still let me pray my Catholic prayers over them. Mm-hmm. So. so they're all still Methodist? Uh, yes, they're all still Methodist, okay. but, um, yeah. you know, they, they get it and they understand and they accept that. And I can even get my, elderly mother to come to the Catholic church with me. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, praise God. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what an amazing, uh, not one story. Sometimes people write one story. You got three stories and uh, scripture verses. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, doesn't right. look like uh, it, it'll be an inspiring read, but it's not a long read. Uh, only about 120, uh, 30, 130 pages or so. Uh, yeah. If so, I could just say one, one, one final thing that I want that's in the book actually is keeping your mind open to whatever God's will is for you because he will put circumstances or people in your life if you ask to always do his mm-hmm. will. One day I was um, after church. I was shopping and I saw a homeless man on the corner and I, and God spoke to my mind and said, go pray for him. And I said, Ooh, God, no, I don't want to. He's dirty and gross. And so I went shopping <laughs> and he could be dangerous too. And, and I was shopping in Kroger and I kept seeing, hearing in my mind, go pray for him. Go pray for that yeah. man. Go pray yeah. for that man. And it would not stop. And so I said, Oh, fine God. If he's still there after I'm shopping, I'll go. And sure enough, he was there. Yeah. And I said, hello. I'm Christina. You don't know me, but may I pray for you? And he grabbed my hand and we prayed together. And I stayed for with him for an hour and a half and heard his story. Yeah. And so God used me in that circumstance. I wasn't expecting. I was going shopping, for goodness sakes. Yeah. But yeah. he used me. So that's in the book too, is just being open to God's will for him to use you in the way he wants to because, you know, 
that's the best for us yeah is to do what he wants us to right. and to be faithful servants to him and so that's what i'm trying to do yeah yeah well i can definitely just sense the the spirit moving through you and i think this uh, uh will be a great blessing to to five of our listeners who email me today dave palmer at grnonline.com otherwise you can go to amazon and uh, buy it have you put have you talked to any of the catholic bookstores about carrying it uh, actually this is the first you know it just yeah. like came out to today so this is my first kind of announcement so thank you for the uh, chance to talk about it so um, we're on the beginning journey of that but again we're putting that into god's hands because god um told us that he's going to market the book yeah yeah i want to put you in touch with uh sacred heart books and little angels and i know there's a saint anthony's in fort worth there's a divine mercy in denton and uh see if uh, because i always like to encourage people to go there first those catholic bookstores of course it's not there yet so they got they got to go to amazon uh but uh congratulations i know i've written one book and it's 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 tough to get it done not not that i have to tell you that but (laughs) uh and so congratulations on um uh, on, on completing it. Well, and thank you. I, know I it's really be a appreciate your um, networking with those other Catholic bookstores because the whole thing is, is this is God's work. And yeah. I do want to mention this too, is that any money that is received in, in uh, royalties are going to be de- uh, dedicated to ministries that God directs us to do. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm really thinking a lot about that, but we're not there yet. So I don't know what God has in mind, but this will be used for his glory to help others yeah all right well thank you so much like i said i i, I thought we we're gonna go 20 25 minutes and we ended up going uh, close to 45 and so that's, <laughs> that's a fascinating story and I, I really appreciate you coming in and also hi may for being here as well uh congratulations on on your marriage and uh, on the book the book is called three in one from darkness to light leah bickle and christina della nebbia arevalo did i get that last arevalo Arevalo. okay (laughs) uh and so uh thank you very much uh thanks to diane xavier for running the board and uh for you for listening and i always appreciate uh suggestions for um uh, books in fact there's an interesting story with uh, dr christina emailing me about the book because we were at the same time looking for uh an aba th- uh, center for our uh, son on the spectrum and so it was a great blessing the timing of you writing this book <laughs> right so we'll see how that all works out god, all is, right. god is good <laughs> yeah god is good all right thanks everybody for listening uh again if you I, i'm not sure if there's any still remaining but if you want to email me i'll let you know if uh, if there are any of the five books still remain if you want to get one uh dave palmer at grnonline.com otherwise go on to uh, amazon uh, and uh, order it three in one from darkness to light leah bickle and christina della nebbia Arevalo. Did I get that right? Okay, hi, Mays. Give me thumbs up. All right, this has been the interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel offers a range of religious books, gifts, icons, and accessories for the spring season and is a proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, right down the street from St. Anne Parish. They are open Monday through Saturday from 9 AM to 7 PM. For more information, you can reach them by calling 972-304-5200 or by visiting them online at littleangelscatholicstore.com. 
Catholics have witnessed dramatic changes in law, culture, and popular opinion on issues of sexual identity and gender. These changes present Catholic families with unprecedented challenges. Mary Rice Hassan, founder of the Person and Identity Project, an organization to assist the Catholic Church in promoting the Catholic vision of the human person and responding to the challenges of gender ideology, will give a talk to parents about gender ideology. The event will take place on Wednesday, September 8th at St. Andrew's Catholic Church in Fort Worth. For more information, visit strandrewcc.org. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. How can you save an innocent life? Learn a very effective method in being a peaceful, prayerful presence that has helped over 10,000 mothers turn away from abortion in Dallas. If you feel called to be a prayer partner or a sidewalk counselor, then join us for a free training on Saturday, August 21st, 10 a.m. to noon at St. Gabriel the Archangel Catholic Church in McKinney. For more information and to register, visit ProLifeDallas.org or call 972-267-5433. That's 972-267-LIFE. Hi, this is Julie Carrick, host of We Sing Our Faith. I'm happy to be part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. One of the songs I'd like to share with you today is called Hold Me Jesus, written by Rich Mullins, and I had the opportunity to record this with a couple members of the Ragamuffin Band. So now from We Sing Our Faith, Julie Carrick, Hold Me Jesus. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 